0: And we're live, look at that. Welcome in to another episode of Too Many Points on the Tell Me More podcast. I'm your host, Mac Moore, and today we have a special guest. Uh, this is uh, Ethan Likes Sports. He has changed his name on here to, uh, to fit. Uh, some of you know that Ethan is usually on our wrestling podcast, and he's uh, been a pretty good contributor on our Q crew as well. But this one, we're getting him a little bit out of his element. But he donned the Chiefs jersey. He's got the hat on. Yeah. He's a sports guy today. And he's going to come on and talk with us. We, we, we're we planning to talk about NBA draft. And then uh, it's mostly just going to be me talking and Ethan nodding along. But we will then get around to NFL. And we're going to do the bets. Uh, no Bobby this week. Uh, he bailed on me. And then uh, it, just everything broke boo. down. So I was, was going to start sports this podcast boo. an hour ago. But slowly but surely, all of the guests backed out. See, it's tough for me because I've been trying to build up this stable of guests to come on. But, like, if I invite eight people and I have to manage that circus, that sucks. So I try to keep it lower. But once you do four and things fall apart, all of a sudden you have nobody. And you're just staring at a computer screen, like, ready to start this live stream. And I'm like, I can't do the sports radio uh, Ryan Rossillo by yourself thing, like, i thought about it. I've uh, threatened our viewers with it, but I don't think I can put anybody through that, me talking by myself for an hour, just ranting on sports. I'm not ready for it.
1: Yeah, because you know who's there when when shit hits the fan and the dust settles? Wrestling fans. (laughs) We don't ever leave.
0: That's true. And uh, Ethan made it on there. Instead of having us uh, reschedule, uh, which is good. I wanted to get this one in because NBA draft was last night. Uh, I started firing away uh, my old uh, centerpieces from uh, LJ World, where I, I have big cutouts of of Doke and Dotson, and uh, I was excited. Even though Dotson ends up not getting drafted, he he does get uh, picked, scooped up very fast by his hometown team, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, but uh, I I was reminiscing. I thought that was really fun, and I was also uh, uh, this was a draft where. Uh, I was probably pretty close to that same knowledge that uh, you're bringing in, Ethan. I don't know a lot about this draft, mostly because, uh, you know, everything we got from experts is this wasn't very uh, loaded. Then you add in the NCAA tournament getting canceled in March, and all these guys where there might be somebody on a a, a team that otherwise you kind of know their name, you see them on a draft board, but then you see them put up like 30 in an NCAA tournament, you know, tournament game and get their team to keep going. They make a run. All of a sudden, that's a na- that's a household name that you have. You get none of that. None of those. None of that action. Uh, sports just getting taken down by COVID in the spring uh, took away a lot a lot of that hype for for these guys. So there are names out there, and for some of them, it helped. Uh, n- as we know in the NBA, uh, not getting tape can be better because when they have the tape, they can say, "Here are your deficiencies. Here are why you can't become the next LeBron James." the next Giannis, whatever, whatever, even though those same things were put on people like Giannis. Like uh, LeBron obviously was the the miracle that came in and lived up to all the expectations as the number one pick. You had a lot of guys, you know, the, some of the best players in the league right now are guys who were picked 10 plus uh, in the NBA draft. You keep thinking it's, you know, one or two guys at the top of the pile that do great. That is generally the case. Everybody after that, uh, it becomes a crapshoot. So maybe... Yudoka Azebuki, pick number 27 by the Utah Jazz. Uh, Maybe he hits off in the NBA, uh, not only sticks with it, but can become a a real good player in the NBA. It's possible. Uh, I have faith in Devon Dalton. We'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, this year was definitely one where it was just names on a board. I knew the top three guys. I knew my KU guys, and I was hoping they'd go a little bit higher. But outside of that, uh, I didn't know much. So we're just going to focus top heavy. We're going to focus on those top three uh, a few of the other guys that stand out to me, and they're usually Big 12 guys that I got to see go head to head with the KU Jayhawks since that's my team. That's who I follow consistently. But otherwise, we'll we'll finish up the draft talk and we'll go on to the NFL stuff, which I'm pretty excited about. But uh, Ethan, you, you mentioned earlier, you usually uh, at least in NBA mode for the finals, which were actually just a little bit ago because we got this weird year uh, where the finals actually had to compete against the NFL. What was your uh, NBA fandom like during this pandemic?
1: Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it was, it was less so, um, I was <laughs> not really to following a ton. It was kind of hard. It was kind of like, uh, you know, how we talked about wrestling, like sports were just kind of weird to watch for a while. Um, you know, I think the NBA probably did the best as far as putting out a product as close to their, like original product. To watch so it wasn't as jarring i thought that they're like uh you know their fan boards the like the, the the fan screens that they have were a little better done than some other leagues that have done the same thing um so i i did manage to sit down and, and watch um you know a good bit of the nba playoffs but here's the thing is i followed so much election coverage and i'm getting old that my brain can't hang on to two things so really if you had asked me about the nba uh, you know, a month ago, I would have had a lot better answers. Um, and, you know, like you said, kind of leading into uh, through the NCAA tournament is where you get a lot of, um, at least for like a casual, you know, NBA observer like me, you get, you get a lot more of those household names that you're talking about. Those people who you've seen them play all year and you're more aware of them, but maybe they're not... Uh, you know, on the televised games that you're watching, or if you primarily do watch, you know, like KU, if you are a KU fan and you're watching mostly big 12 games, you may not see some of these players really firsthand. You might just kind of hear their name and see them on sports center. But um, yeah, like I think, I think missing the tournament was actually probably my biggest factor in not knowing um, who the hell was getting drafted for the most part. Um, you know, I, I knew KU players, um a couple other names that are that have just been you know big names of basketball and then you know names like Lamelo Ball who is more you know celebrity tied to his family than you know his basketball um you know in, including racial slurs on live TV towards a professional wrestler. <laughs> um you know so there's
0: always a professional wrestling connection. That's what's what's so great yeah. about wrestling and also good about the NBA.
1: <laughs> it is it, what I could say is Lamelo Ball getting drafted is dynamite for professional wrestling that's that's my takeaway from the nba draft
0: yeah that's pretty solid we're gonna have to hit a few more of those on the mellow when we get up to three uh i do want to start with uh you know anthony edwards at the top and we also might actually have a uh special guest we might have somebody uh come in with the, the surprise entrance uh, i wish oh, i had music uh, queued up so we'll, we'll see if that ends up working out but uh you know, starting with uh, Anthony Edwards going to the Timberwolves, this was one that uh, I think any of the three were interchangeable, at least from what I was understanding. And I, I think in any other year, I might have kept up with uh, kind of the rumblings of where people were kind of moving up and down the board, who each team kind of liked. But it, it, it's tough because, uh, you know, you look at somebody like, uh, you know, Mellow Ball, you look at James Wiseman, uh, you have two guys that for the Timberwolves would have been conflicting in James Wiseman playing center. You already got Carl Anthony Towns Uh, in terms of Lamelo ball. uh, You end up having, uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell as your point guard right now. And you still want to kind of feel out how those two work. It'd be hard to get somebody that's their backup. I think uh, uh, if you kind of had a more established idea of who's playing what, Uh, you know, style, and you kind of have that chemistry, you might be able to argue your your way into saying, okay, this guy is a good fit as our backup, but you sure as hell don't want to throw them in the middle when you're still kind of figuring that out. Uh, That said, Lomelo to the Hornets uh, brings up some of those same issues, so maybe it really wouldn't have mattered, but it mattered to the T-Wolves. They take Anthony Edwards, and that makes sense to me. Uh, But he was definitely getting some late flack where he started to get the comparisons to one of our guys, Andrew Wiggins, who played for KU, and, you know, I, I remember going into the draft. There was that conversation, even as Wiggins was, uh, you know, pick number one. The idea was about his aggressiveness, though, and over the course of his career, uh, there's been a lot of questions about whether he's uh, focused on basketball. Does he love basketball? Well, sure enough, you get somebody like Anthony Edwards, where I guess some of the rules might match up, but really it was he did an interview where he basically said, I don't watch basketball outside of playing basketball which i love that. immediately that's so much
1: (laughs) i know that's the opposite reaction that i'm supposed to have
0: but but i so so it's tough because it really depends like are you not going to watch game film which is very important to becoming a good player in the nba or are you just on your off time not going to be like tuned in to you know college basketball or whatever you're not just like i guess type of gym rat that like only lives basketball I'm fine with that not being the case. But th- when you get that kind of middle ground, you're like, wait, what did, what did you mean exactly when you said but you don't even watch basketball?
1: It's, maybe I'm hearing it differently. I hear it as it, it, it could go one of two ways. One is, oh, I'm, I don't really watch basketball if I'm not in it. That's a dude who just seems like kind of out of the loop and like not really, you know, looking out for the rest of the sport. Or it's a dude who's like, if I'm not in it, it's not basketball. It doesn't matter. Like if it's that tone if it's that kind of like arrogant tone, I'm here for it. I'm here for, for I basketball needs, it's got plenty of showboating, but it needs better showboaters. It needs better trash talk. It's got a lot of it, but it's all really mid range. It just needs better trash talk. And if that's how, that's what this kid's going to bring then Hell yeah. That's my, that's my take on, on that's pretty solid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would say for me, I, I I do think there's that concern. I'm more concerned about the aggressiveness, which you see a little bit of yeah. that in his play, but I don't think as much. I don't think, I think Andrew Wiggins, it was very apparent that he was the best player on the court athletically, and there were at times he simply was not forcing the issue. Right. Well, and, this, is what hap- you know, this is what happens when Canadians play basketball. Well, and so you, you put him light. on... <laughs> you you put him on you know uh, a KU team where they, they were rolling with you know Joel Embiid and, and obviously Embiid uh, getting injured going into that tournament but mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people were very concerned they, they they said like self should have made this move but it's like maybe self just knew that this was the wrong position but Wiggins in which is to stop Stanford's you know two <laughs> bigs uh, in the paint that they had that year was throw it to Wiggins on the elbow and force him to start the action and they just didn't do it. Or if they gave it to Wiggins, he immediately passed out of it. Wouldn't, wouldn't force anything to happen. And so it's tough. It's like, was self didn't make the right move. I doubt it. I doubt all these people had the right idea and self didn't see it versus he didn't do it or didn't keep forcing it because Wiggins wasn't going to force it. Wasn't, it wasn't going to help them because that's just not who Wiggins was. And, you know, even as he's gotten further in NBA, he's a 20 point a game scorer. It's just, He's not getting the rebounds you'd expect with his athleticism aside. He's not getting the assists, whatever, whatever. Uh, I think you could have those concerns with Anthony Edwards, but I think it was Colin Coward that said, well, if you don't love basketball, how many people in the top 100 didn't love basketball? I think Nick Wright responded real quick with, I think Wilt Chamberlain was pretty good, but like we don't even know how many people are in the top 100 of basketball players who didn't love basketball. There's probably a lot, and we've heard various athletes, great athletes who have basically said, didn't love the sport, did it. For uh the money, and you know, maybe they loved it when they were kids. but by the time they became a professional, that wasn't really where they were at anymore. And if you're great at it and you put the time in, like you cannot love it in the same way that you know some of these top players live and breathe basketball. That's not as important. I don't think one off quote in a magazine tells you whether that's the truth or not. So uh, I, I, there there are probably some other criticisms, probably some of that is connected to some some actual, uh, look at the tape and, and following along with who he is as a prospect. But the fact that it blew up from one quote that I, that shouldn't be the thing you either should have already noticed this before now, or you didn't need that damn quote to tell you, Anthony Edwards might not be a good choice at number one, because uh, there's some concerns about whether he'll put the time in, which even great prospects, if you don't put the time in, you might stick in the NBA, but you're not going to be a really good player. You're not going to be an all-star. You're definitely not going to be one of the greats. So, uh, that whether you love it or not, you got to put the time in. We'll see if he's one of those guys. Uh, next up on the board, they go uh, Warriors. Go James Wiseman at, at number two, uh, a center who can put the ball on the floor, can move around. He has, uh, you know, some some areas where he needs to improve. But uh, the argument I keep making for the Warriors, and this will keep, uh, you know, hitting on the the you know Wiggins. I don't mean to turn him into a punching bag this morning, but he's another guy that a lot a lot of those concerns we talked about. People were concerned when. Warriors traded D'Angelo Russell for Wiggins. It was like, will this work? Like, all Wiggins has to do is be as good as Harrison Barnes was pre-Kevin Durant Warriors. Like, all you need is a guy who takes advantage of his athleticism And because you, you're you just getting freebies when you're running around with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson out there, Draymond Green playing defense. Like, you just have to be athletic and get your head in the game when they tell you to. Uh, some of that's questionable with Wiggins because uh, he sleeps on defense a lot. If they can get him to stop that, and you have a 20-points-per-game scorer who now doesn't need to take guarded threes as he's been doing, he will get open threes, and he'll get free runs at the basket, which you can't stop. Of all the problems with Andrew Wiggins, stopping him from getting to the basket, really not something that's been there, and it's going to be that much easier. We've seen people get freebies. James Wiseman will be another guy like that at the center position because we've seen guys like JaVale McGee Uh, We've seen uh, Pachulia. We've seen these guys, like, get easy, like, shots at the basket. Anybody who is on the Warriors team that, like, otherwise, you know, you can put them on another team and they'd basically be a a rotation player that never does anything. Now, your job is so easy that you can be successful as a starter on an NBA champion team. Now, the real question is about Klay Thompson, which – Picking James Wiseman helps you think maybe the questions aren't as big. Klay Thompson has got to be at least showing signs that he'll be on the right track to return from his injury because otherwise, like, you you need to pull the trigger there. LaMelo Ball is there. Maybe that doesn't make sense as the third guard for the Warriors, but LaMelo Ball would make sense as the second guard if Klay Thompson long-term is in trouble. They have faith he'll be back. They go and get James Wiseman, who helps them at a position they need. That's a that's a really good sign, uh, you know, for them. As somebody who, you know, you mentioned your NBA fandom earlier with the Warriors. Are how excited are you for the possibility that they can get this team back together? And, uh, you know, it's not going to be the the Kevin Durant show, but there's a chance that they will just get everything worked out and they'll be back to where they were a few years ago, where maybe LeBron can beat them in a very specific situation. But otherwise, this team was pretty unstoppable even without kevin durant just added as the cherry on top
1: yeah i don't kind of indifferent um but <laughs> <laughs> now
0: i not i did Warriors fun,
1: so, fan? no no so yeah i mean uh what was that um what, maybe what three years ago three four years ago um yeah the warriors were the most fun thing about watching basketball um so yeah if you get back to that 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 game then then sure at the same time um. Uh, you know, I like, I like variety. I like being surprised at different teams in the, in the playoffs every year. You know, it's, uh, which I know isn't really historically how the NBA, you know, operates a you know, just kind of histo- like through the years, it is usually the same handful of teams and, and you get a lot of, you know, sagas out of it, which is cool. Um, you know, I don't know. San Francisco fans have had enough, you know, they they, they they can have a few down years, um, yeah. Well, can, I, is... can I can I can I, I swear on the show?
0: Yeah, you can. I I mean right, I have no fuck, against fuck it. San
1: Francisco fans. Fuck San Francisco <laughs>
0: fans. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: <laughs> fuck them. Fuck Niners fans. Fuck Warriors fans. Uh you know, Sharks fans, I guess they're all right. Uh they they can keep keep rooting. But you know, I mean, you had the whole fucking you had the nineties with with the 49ers, all right. You you're fine. You can be shitty for a few decades. Uh, you know, this coming from a Chiefs and Royals fan. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I care that uh, the sport would be better and more entertaining to watch. But specifically about Golden State, uh, I wish them the worst.
0: That's fair. Uh, it, I, I'd say now, especially after they went, it's like going from Oakland to San Francisco. It's like, yeah, Definitely. The Warriors could yeah. just be awful for a while. They deserve it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thaddeus wants to know about those Rams. We're talking to NBA right now, man. We're going to get to the Rams <laughs> later. Come on, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, you bring up some good points. I'm still, I root for good basketball, you know, like even in the middle of the finals when it was uh, LeBron trying to come back, it was like every time the pendulum swing for like sports radio talk, I went to the other side. I'm like, hey, back off. Like, Stop ripping these guys apart for being great. Just enjoy greatness, you know? So I enjoyed that going to seven games. And by the time it was done, I was like, there was a little bit of me pulling for LeBron just because I know that just him playing well isn't good enough, you know? Like, it will become this mark on his legacy if he doesn't win. And I don't want that to be this, you know, ammunition for people who are viewing basketball through the worst freaking lens. So... Is like at the end I wanted to win, but I would be perfectly fine when the Warriors won uh, less so with Kevin Durant in there, but not like, I was, I was fine when they got the first one. And then after a while, I'm like, I don't know how long I can do this. I don't know how long I can watch them just <laughs> walk to a championship and like at yeah. most, like for one game, you know, LeBron, you know, nearly wins it, but J.R. Smith ruins them. And then from there, it's just nobody even touched them in in, in any of those playoff series. When they had Kevin Durant on the team, like until there were injuries that were involved, just run away. Like that's too much for me. But otherwise, I loved watching the Warriors. I love the style, but I also love the LeBron style. And I love when they clash. I love when all these teams go at it. So there's nobody that I'm like, I hope they don't do well. I hope everybody does well. I like watching it. Uh, And, you know, this year in the bubble, I was amazed that there was that much good basketball going on. I was glad it was going on. Uh, and then the only thing missing was really some of these bad teams right now that are picking people early on uh like hornets was one i, I wish you know they were a little bit better because uh right now my boy Devonte graham uh is doing great for them he's the uh, scored 18 points a game should have got uh most improved player but uh apparently people don't understand the actual criteria for most improved player award so uh the, the question, though, is how much do they trust him? Just because you put up 18 points per game on a bad team, that doesn't mean uh, everybody is uh, going to, you know, like look at you as a for sure starter. Like 18, is, it kind of goes back to the Wiggins at like 20 points a game. It's like, yeah, but you did that on a team that couldn't make the playoffs. Like that's mm. not good enough. So they're going to keep looking for somebody else. There's a reason Devonte was picked in the second round. So just because he's come through and developed, we're still kind of looking past him. Uh, you, you would think when you've already sunk that much money into Terry Rozier, though, that you wouldn't keep adding point guards to the rotation. Like, oh, well, maybe this point guard will be better. Uh, they go with LaMelo Ball at that spot. Seems like a log jam to me. But at the same time, LaMelo has the, the size. And by the way, he plays basketball. If he turns into the guy you want him to be, I think Graham and LaMelo can play together. Like, that is a possibility. Both guys who are tall enough, they got the length, so you are kind of replicating what Golden State had ended up doing with their guard play, where you're like, all right, maybe Steph Curry isn't a good defender, but throw a lot of 6'6 guys in there. We can get this done. Uh, Maybe the the Hornets can put that together. But that's if LaMelo gets to where he needs to be. Uh, there there is many question marks with him as everybody else in this draft with why it's a strange draft but uh I just, they also got Malik Monk it's crazy how much they just sunk into guards like i hope one of these guys will work uh like and that they had Kimball Walker until this last year so they they're, yeah. they're crazy down there i don't know what jordan's doing but uh it, it it's interesting to see jordan go and look at laMelo Ball and be like yep that's the type of player i want on my team so maybe he has it maybe but looking at uh jordan's track record as a gm he's not quite good at calling a shot on that uh i i want to go down a few more before i just start hitting the ku players specifically those are the only ones they care about and then we'll jump uh into some uh some nfl action Uh, i think tyrese halliburton at iowa state that was a big one he ends up going 12 to the kings and the biggest problem with that pick is that he's going to the kings the fucking kings Uh, yeah i i I love tyrese halliburton that was the type of guy that when iowa state faces ku you hate him because he's so good uh like he just he walks in and you know that that's the type of guy that if you're putting together an NBA team like you want him he can develop into an even better player and he's already uh, he comes ready I I think of the guys that you see in kind of the top end of the draft who do you think would start day one and not look out of sorts Tyrese Halliburton he's a smart guy he's six five so like there are very few reasons to think he won't make it and you look at the comps for him uh Sean Livingston that's a solid one is a a point guard who's just tall, got the length. Uh, but like Livingston couldn't shoot threes, Halliburton can next up on list, Michael Carter, Williams, another one that would have probably been a great player. He came out a triple double machine. Uh, his biggest problem, couldn't shoot threes, couldn't stretch the floor as a guard. There's only so much you can do if you're stuck on that. And, uh, then it's just going like longer, but less athletic, Zach Levine, some guy threw in Ron Harper, I think to just be a joke. Uh, the point being Tyrese Halliburton, even the comps, like worst case scenario, it's like a Carter Williams where it looks like you should be great and then it just doesn't quite work out and you become a rotational player. You're still on an NBA team. Uh, I think he the, the the ceiling is much higher for him uh, than Michael Carter Williams. Uh, I think he'll put it together. The only thing stopping him is the Kings will just destroy that man. They will just grind him into the ground. And that's my biggest concern for Halliburton, giving his career. Even a –
1: Casual NBA observer, it's pretty obvious and easy to tell <laughs> that if you go to the Kings, that's where your career goes to die or at least hibernate. Um, yeah, the fucking Kings.
0: Yep. All right. Well, through Thaddeus' comment on there, he wants to know. Side note, we covered the Undertaker's last match. Uh, oh uh, yeah, we 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 will definitely have some podcasts. Uh, on the Undertaker's last match on Survivor Series on War Games, we will have that covered. But right now, we will uh, keep focus on the NBA draft. Uh, One of the big ones, uh, this is going to be the start of the Kansas connection. Uh, RJ Hampton, who was a guy who said if he had to actually pick the college. It was Kansas. That was the last one on the list. He ends up choosing to go and play in Australia because they offered him a lot of money. I don't blame the kid. Uh, The only thing that's hampered any of these guys that have taken that route is that you get tape on you against – grown men versus getting to play really really well at the college level and then you get this like they're they're grown men but they're not good is kind of the, the rap that these leagues get and even somebody like you know Luka Doncic uh, ends up being the MVP of the League, which is one of the best leagues in the world outside of the NBA and it's still like ah he's he wasn't even that good. Like, you know, he he didn't get to start the first year for them, yada, yada. He only got this many minutes. Like, you know, he won MVP of that league against grown men at 18. Never mind. You know what? Uh, don't look at what's on the tape. Look at what they can do. Evaluate him the same way you would any other sort of high school tape. And, you know, th- there shouldn't be guys who come out of high school. There shouldn't be somebody like James Wiseman who gets suspended from Memphis. You don't get to see that much of him. And his stock stays high because you didn't get to ding him through looking at the tape. R.J. Hampton took those dings. He started falling down on the draft board. I think Nuggets grabbing him at 24. This is the second time they pulled this off. First time was Michael Porter Jr. Uh, with the injury that made him he was a top three talent, undoubtedly. And I get if there's that injury concern. He might just never play. Instead, he comes out and immediately his first year is a playoffs contributor when the Nuggets make their way to the Western Conference Finals. So uh, Nuggets are making smart moves. Like they already know we got the rest of this roster built. And if we can hit on these gambles where other people are are deciding they don't want to take the risk, we'll take the risk. Worst case scenario, they don't play. and You don't even notice because we already have that spot filled. If they do play, we just stole a top talent. I feel like that could be what happened with them getting RJ Hampton at 24. So looking out for that kid. Another one that I'm not mad. He he, he didn't go to KU. Would have been nice to have him. Uh, I'm also interested to see how he plays in the NBA. Uh, But next up, this is where we can get you in on some opinions here real fast, Ethan. These are the, the KU players. And uh, first one, you know, 50 uh, night. we got Yudoka, number 27, made it in the first mm-hmm. round. That was big because he wasn't on draft boards, you know, a year ago. And even in the last – as he was dominating the college basketball scene at KU, as he was leading uh, the the best team in the country, there were it took a while before he was even making it into that second round. But it did mm-hmm. become pretty clear he would be drafted. I don't think a lot of people thought he was going to slide into that first round. He gets 27 to Utah, which uh, I think is interesting to me for a few reasons. I'll get into those in a second, but I just want to jump in, uh, let, let you get in since I'm only the one, one talking right now. Yudoka, uh, you know, how, how'd you like watching him just dunk on everybody's face for uh, you know four years, even if he was injured half of it? And yeah. you know, what do you think of him as, a, as an NBA prospect?
1: Uh, I think he's, he's one of my favorite, you know, KU big men that I've gotten to watch over the last, you know, decade or however, you know, yeah, probably. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's just been gradually improving. You know, the injury injury concerns were always there, and and if he's playing hurt, you know, how how much does that take him out of each game was definitely a, a thought at KU. But um, you know, he's he's still just he's just constantly getting better. He's one of those players that you just, I, I think you just constantly see growth. And I don't think that he's slowing down his growth at all. So I, I think that, uh, you know, his first few years um, in the NBA should be really fun to watch. I don't have a lot of opinions. You can talk yeah. after him. Yeah, that's <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah. so for me, I, I think the Utah Jazz is obviously interesting and the, the parallels are uh, pretty good because I think a lot of people look at somebody like Rudy Gobert and they'll they'll quickly say, Oh, look, so it's, it's another center who can't stretch the floor and that's now their backup. So either it's a bad fit because now you don't have the flexibility of going a little bit smaller as the Utah jazz. Um, the other side being Now you can put in Yudoka as and not miss a beat when Ro- Rudy Gobert has to go to the bench. So there, there are two sides that coin, but for me, it was interesting because I was comparing to Yudoka to Rudy Gobert, or at least, comparing what Yudoka would need to do to raise his draft value and get himself to stick in the NBA before he made his senior year transformation where, uh, you know, I think it's been reported on a lot, the transformation of the body. uh, He he was always a physical force, but he went from being uh, uh, not in, like, just elite shape to getting there. Like, he he decided to put on the extra muscle, slim down as much as he could, but still maintain a elite level of strength and I think his vertical is one of the highest in combined uh, combine history. So he's a monster, but when you look at what it takes, the, the, the centers in the NBA, the game has changed. If you can't stretch the floor or if you can't guard on the perimeter, at least like marginally, like if you're not uh, agile enough to stick with a pick and roll situation, then you're in trouble. Like they, you have to do one or the other. And you look at somebody like Rudy Gobert, can't stretch the floor. He's on offense. He's pretty much limited to be a, a rim runner. But he has raised his defensive profile to the level of being so elite. He is a superstar. They pay him uh, big money to be there. And while there are some questions about whether that will limit the Jazz from ever uh, you know, getting to the point where they could be a true title contender, he's still a guy that will stay in the NBA and he'll make money in the NBA. For Dope to have gotten to that level, I decided his junior year, what he needed to do his senior year, uh, he needed to be elite shot blocker. He was a menace in the paint, but uh, the shot blocking was not quite at that level where you'd project it to uh, remain an elite shot blocker at the NBA level. Uh, he was a, uh, the rebounding was not nearly as high as it should have been, considering his size, his athleticism, and that was going to be a problem. Uh, you have to be elite at those things if you are going to try to make up for the fact that on offense, you're limited to just being somebody who will score at the rim. He fixed all of those. He became that elite shot blocker. He started to get the rebounds, at least at a, at a higher clip. And uh, then even on offense, and that this is the big thing, if he can continue to progress the way we just saw this year, if he can do that at the NBA level, and I feel like you know he showed he could do that work ethic for at least a year, let's see if that continues. Uh, he will get that defense at least somewhere close to the way Rudy Gobert is. Now it's hard to project him as a defensive player of the year. Like that's, that's pretty big to just say he will improve to that level, but he just has to get close. And on the offensive end, I think it's a, you can compare them in terms of style, but Rudy Gobert is just throw it up to him. He dunks. That's it. That's the entire. Yudoka has put the ball onto the floor and got himself in position for hook shots. He has found a way to score around the basket that aren't just the dunks, and he still kept his field goal percentage up very high while doing those. So it's not as simple as he's just a guy who will get freebie dunks, the way we describe Rudy Gobert and the way we describe every center who plays for the Warriors. Joe can do more than that, and physically, he's just a monster. And it's always a big change when you're going up to that next level of the NBA, but he's so strong. But that, that won't really change, particularly in an NBA where they don't have those same fives that they used to have. You'll see things like what, you know, Joel Embiid does. Uh, that strength is amplified even more because there aren't a lot of guys his size that still can play, that still have the skill set that keeps them on the floor. And obviously, Joel Embiid's different. But uh, even Joel Embiid isn't, I, I don't think, will be as strong as what Yudoka will look like in a couple of years as he keeps building on that frame. Remember, Yudoka's like 20. Like yeah. you you Doka should be one of those guys that you know you, you got him after first year, but because yeah, he's been he, in college for four years, draft stock falls down. It's like, no, he's still as young as those guys. Yeah, he came like,
1: to KU when he was like 16, I think.
0: Yeah, and he was out of all the bars, like you know, he's a grown yeah. man just sitting there at brothers <laughs> at 16. Not to now he's old enough, so I can rat on him a bit. Like, man, they just let him in there and you're just like, Yeah, what is this? Kid? I, I-, I looked him up. I literally I did that at brothers. I literally was sitting there, I Googled it. I was like, "That kid is sixteen. What? What? What is happening? Who's doing this?" Was he, uh, was he the one <laughs> who
1: punked you in the bathroom, or was that somebody else?
0: I don't think I got punked in the bathroom by a Ku. Pun- oh, I did. It was Devonte. Yeah. Devonte got me yeah. good. There were no <laughs> paper towels, and Devonte uh, was like, he put his hand out for like a handshake, and uh, like I, I forget that it was, it was like because my like he could see the water on my hands, and so it was like. Or he, he saw that my hands were dry. So he was like, you didn't wash your hands. And there were no paper towels to dry off. So I know you didn't wash your hands. So he did that as I walked out of the bathroom. It was pretty good. Uh, good job with Devante. That was hilarious. But uh, yeah. yeah. Twice so star. That's what it's 100%. There, there are no other qualities that matter. Uh, I know Thaddeus, he's still underage. But at this point, it just counts.
1: <laughs> he still shouldn't be allowed to go to brothers. And also, we're not, we're not breaking any news on brothers letting minors into their bar especially athletes
0: yeah if, if we get a cease and desist from brothers that'd be hilarious i'm in for it but yeah.
1: uh it better come yeah. with one of those pictures of <laughs> long island iced tea they squeeze the lemon juice it and sell it for like two dollars psychopaths
0: man crazy stuff uh yeah, yeah so i uh, for me dope is, is really high and I, I promise this is not homerism uh and I have to promise it even more when I start talking about Dotson, who was undrafted, and I will keep describing it as a guy who will stick in the NBA. I can tell you this: uh, people were really high in Frank Mason. Like I was telling people, like I love Frank, but when you look at his size, you look at what he does on the floor, like he's going to need the exact right situation, and then he's still kind of capped out as a really good role player, really good backup point guard. Maybe on the right team, could be a starter for a bit, but don't expect him to come in and just get past whatever ceiling was put on top of him. Like, those were real concerns about Frank Mason. On the other side, I said Devontae Graham. He's taller, 6'4", could do it. I never thought Devontae would do it as fast as he did, but I was I was higher on Devontae Graham. I tried to assess these players based on what I, I feel is important at the NBA level. So it's I, I, I suppress my homerism as much as possible. I think Doke, you know... Uh, it would take a lot for him to become an all-star type player. Like the the things have to fall into the right place and it's a very slim margin for it. But I also know with how out of this world, his athleticism is there is a place for him in the NBA and what that means, how many minutes that means, how long he lasts. Those are different conversations, but I have no doubt he's going to be in the NBA for a few years until, you know, you start to figure out, okay, how much can he add to this? Uh, I think Dotson went undrafted, but I think he's right there. I think it's the same. His athleticism is so out of this world. He's a little bit shorter, you know, but he's he's not like six foot like Frank Mason. He's six two. He's uh he's pretty hardy. He's got you know uh, a, a a you know slim, but you see the muscles on him. You also see that he runs faster than anybody else on the court. And when he's dribbling, he can keep that speed. Like I don't know how you wouldn't take a shot on him. I don't know. Like, and I heard his agent was kind of posturing to not get him drafted in the second round. So I won't compare him to the second round point guards that got picked, but there were way too many point guards in the the latter half of the first round that I'm like, you're telling me you want to go with that guy rather than Dothan. Dotson? Right. Dothan's worst thing was the three-point shooting, which you can argue uh, it went from 36% to 30%. He never even looked comfortable the first year when he was shooting 36, and 36 still isn't quite high enough for you to think he's going to definitely be a good shooter in the NBA, but... It's not like his jump shot was broken. So you have a guy who uh, can run faster than the speed light, had amazing body control in terms of running full speed, hitting a center underneath the basket, bouncing off him, and then giving themselves a wide open look uh, at the basket. That's a skill you rarely see from a a guard. Like to, to see him do that so consistently, I don't know why you wouldn't hope for that, you know, like, I, I I would say of all the guys you look at where you're like there are question marks, there's question marks on every player in this draft there's especially question marks on the guys 15 through 30. I would take Dotson with his upside and his question marks over those other point guards who are in that 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 area. Uh, so it was strange to me that he didn't get drafted, but he ends up getting scooped up by his hometown Chicago Bulls, who uh, don't have uh, the hardest point guard situation to to, to break into. I think. Frank Mason going to the Kings when they had, uh, you know, just, I think at the time it was George Hill. And then um, who's the, the point guard they still have out there. Uh, like he had guys he needed to leap over, you know, right now it's, it's Kobe white. And, and, and uh, maybe you could argue Zach Levine. Cause he's a shot, shot guard who uh, is ball dominant enough at the time, but uh, there, there was room for him to kind of work in there. They're not even a good enough team to say, uh, you know, we can't play you because, you're going to lose those games. He can get some minutes this year. Uh, they're going to have him on a two-way contract. So if he proves himself in the G league, there will be times that they'll bring him up and try to get him in the right situation. And uh, probably only bring him up in those moments where there is a, you know, point guards injured, this and that he will get a shot. And I think with his speed, I just don't, I don't know why they wouldn't want to to do that. I I, I don't know what these GMs are looking for. If they're not looking for a Devon Dotson in, you know, especially once you get past the top 20, like, this should be the guy that's like on the top of your board. But you know, what do I know?
1: Um, apparently a lot. You just said a lot of things. So I'm going to, I'm going to say when you say, what do I know? You know, quite a bit. Um, and yeah, I I mean, you you took the words right out of my mouth as meatloaf would say. Uh, and (laughs) yeah, I mean like Dotson is just this, he should, when you watch him play, it seems like he should be out of control, but he's not. Um, he just has uh, like another gear of athleticism that you you don't expect to to see you know in 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 college basketball um so i'm kind of seeing Sorry, i'm just reading the chat with uh that yeah he wants to
0: talk about rondo i'm not talking about rondo (laughs) going to atlanta that doesn't matter to me i guess it matters to the lakers a bit but
1: um but yeah i mean like like the the way the way Dotson plays basketball is the way that I play like NBA 2K is literally just like, just, just this, he's better at it. I'm playing a video game and I can't figure it out. I don't know how he does it in real life with his real body, but just this unbelievable speed athleticism. And like you said, just being able to drive in on a center and just make it look easy. Um, And, and, you know, for what you're saying about the bulls too. Yeah. I think you should expect to see him uh, maybe not, not necessarily like breakout player of the year, but somebody who, um, you know, probably be on a few sports center highlights, uh, unexpectedly early on, maybe.
0: All right. Yeah. And I I agree. I think, you know, looking at that at the very least, it's probably better to not get drafted. It's better to pick your spot, which is probably why his agent was pushing for that towards the end of the, the draft. So good for Dotson. I think good spot for, uh, you know, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, Yudoka go to the Jazz. I think that fits for him. So two good spots for KU players, and even a good spot for RJ Hampton as the should have been KU player. Uh, I am just seeing the breaking news. Warriors Thompson, it's official, suffers Achilles tear. So yeah, Uh, interesting choice that they they went with uh, James Wiseman. Uh, It seems like for them, at the very least, they know long-term replacing Klay Thompson isn't what they want to do. They're hoping, uh, you know, even with a second injury if he gets healthy then you, you you want to pair Steph Curry Clay Thompson uh you know right now it's Draymond Green but they, they're they getting a lot of guys a lot of bigs too where it's not just James Wiseman it's like Marquise Chris uh Dragon Bender there's all these guys who were big prospects that came out that you're like oh they're they're sinners who can shoot they can put the ball in the floor they can do it like they, they all had something unique that it was like well but there's this weakness and then You know, you get stuck on a team like Dragon Bender was stuck on the Suns uh, when they were just, you know, spinning their wheels. So go into the Warriors. You can get people who are smart basketball minds that are going to put them in a good position and be on a team where it's like, we are not asking you to do everything. We need you to do what you do well in this situation where it's easier because the, you know, the gravitational pull goes to Steph Curry. That is mostly true when Klay Thompson is healthy. Without that, Steph by himself, it's not quite the same gravitational pull that's a scary thing for the warriors but uh you know i i, I hope clay thompson comes out of the other end. it sucks to hear that for him cuz i was really hoping for them to get that back on track uh even if it's uh you know fu to san francisco i don't want to say fu to to these players it sucks to hear that for for clay thompson uh i do want to jump uh, thaddeus is, is still commenting uh so like uh, i i think with Houston splitting up, that's an interesting one. Uh, I would imagine so. I would imagine once you have James Harden positioning himself to get out of there, Daryl Morey takes off. My my big question is, did the GM, Daryl Morey, uh, know this? Is that why he decided to step away and then go to the 76ers? Was it just because things were going downhill or was it very specifically he's like he saw the writing on the wall and knew James Harden wanted out of there? The big question is, if James Harden does find a way to get out and you know Houston just kind of has to salvage whatever they can, that will leave Westbrook there on a mega contract. I think any value that Westbrook brings to the table, I think most uh, you know smart NBA guys look at as, uh, it's like a net negative. Like nothing he does is actually winning you championships. Even if he's putting points on the board, maybe he's getting you into the playoffs if you're a bad team that trades for him. Uh, I, I think the most recent conversation was about Westbrook getting traded. It was like a swap for John Wall, which is just like, A treadmill for both teams. I don't know if that's smart for either one to do because it doesn't really get either one uh, anywhere, but it gets John Wall out of Washington and makes it Bradley Beal's team. But I don't know how much it's your team if you were to put another alpha and Russell Westbrook taking that spot. So uh, there's just not a lot of moves for that. I I don't know what team would think to to gamble on Westbrook, particularly with his contract. I don't know who would have the resources to match the Westbrook contract in a move, but with Harden, it's like, he doesn't want to be there. I don't know how long you think you can just force him to play nice and, and play. I mean, they weren't winning championships when they were working together to put all of this. uh You know, you, you need chemistry on a basketball team, and if your star player who takes every shot is lethargic, doesn't want to play for you, that's not going to go well. I don't know how long the Rockets would keep that. I, I'm assuming they're bluffing. They just want to get his value up a little bit higher, get people to 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 you know offer a little bit more for him right now instead of it just kind of being like open season on you know uh, this whatever crappy offer for for stealing James Harden away from them but that only goes so long once you get into the season and it's going to start you know in December or a month away uh very quickly you'll see if James Harden uh plans on playing there long term and uh that will diminish any value they'll they'll bring up Atlanta so we're gonna put Westbrook and Rondo on the same team that that's just crazy man can anybody shoot threes Come on. I, I don't know if that fits next to, to, to Trey Young. I think uh, of all the guys I would imagine uh, there, uh, neither Westbrook nor Rondo, I think, helped Trey Young's development. But that's me. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll get a lot more answers in a month. There's, gonna, there's still going to be a lot more movements with the way we normally have that summer uh, cycle where it's so fun to kind of watch news come through and now everything, it's sort of all bleeding together, all in the middle of the NFL coverage that we're going to jump to right now uh it's tough for nba but i i don't think they should have started the season i don't think they should have gone with that december 20th date it's just crazy with how uh you know it wasn't very long ago that we had the nba finals finishing and you had guys stuck in a bubble the ones who made it to the championship stuck in there for you know three months like i i don't know i don't i don't think that's a a smart move i heard some talk of have some of the the teams that didn't get a play in the bubble uh, have them start a season and do like a staggered start for everybody else to give uh, all the playoff teams some time. They don't, they don't want to do that. Everybody's starting uh, December 20th. They need to get Christmas basketball going with the best teams involved. So it's a short turnaround and, you know, at the very least we'll at least get answers to wh- how these people fit together, what trades are going to be made for the season starts. And, you know, uh, very fast figuring out will Russell Westbrook get to ruin the Atlanta Hawks just like he's ruined everything. I'm just kidding. Russell Westbrook isn't that bad, but <laughs> it's definitely not, it's definitely not a championship winning move to to start pushing for Russell Westbrook. Uh, that's all we have for NBA. Uh, we, we went much longer than I thought. I, I assumed with the way we had discussed this, uh, you know, pre-show going over the, 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 the rundown, we were going to talk about it for 15 minutes and get out. We made it to 47. That's crazy. So now we're going to try to move quickly uh, into uh, NFL coverage, NFL bets, we're only going to do the bet stuff and kind of knock out, you know, as we kind of tell who we pick, we can give our little description of the game. But otherwise, the only game I want to really jump into is the one tonight. Uh, and this one should be a good one. We don't always get that on Thursday night football, but Cardinals going up against the Seahawks. The last one was so fun. And you got to see Kyler Murray uh, upstage Russell Wilson. And that was probably the first mm-hmm. in what has been a tough few weeks for the Seahawks. Kyler came out on top there. And that's, You know, I I didn't imagine him doing that. I I have pretty high faith in Kyler Murray. I expected maybe more out of him than what we we saw early in the year. Uh, They they were winning games through their defense. But sure enough, uh, by the time we we got rolling, we're nine games in. And uh, I have my list. I'm going to ask you real quick. Uh, I I gave the MVP rankings that I had so far in the season out uh, on Tuesday's podcast. So uh, do you want me to tell you mine and then you can list yours? Or do you want to drop yours before – uh, I rattle off that, that list I have. Um, start with yours. All right. So, mine right now, I think I'm still leaving Rodgers on top. Uh, I think there's an argument for Mahomes, but uh, I think as much as I enjoy the efficiency, I think with the way Rodgers has had to carry a team that, uh, you know, he keeps losing skill players, Aaron Jones out of the backfield, one wasn't running at the same clip he was last year, also got injured. Uh, for him to play as well as he is and carry the Packers to where they are, uh, I'm willing to keep Rogers there, but for Mahomes, I uh, wouldn't be mad at anybody who picked him because with that 26 touchdown to one interception ratio, and with the way that you know that that number is in a year that it felt like he got bored. Like there are games there where he probably <laughs> could have scored more touchdowns than that. So you know, I, I, there's some arguments that he had some cheap touchdowns on like little screen passes and yeah, you know, little shovel passes at Travis Kelsey, those type of things that Andy Reid draws up. But I think, in all honesty, the fact that he has been as productive as he has been and, and and had what I would consider the first half of the year just kind of felt like they were running through the motions. They were giving touchdowns to the, you know, Clyde Edwards-y just because it was like, let's try him out. Let's see what he can do. Uh, I think great year. Number three uh, for me right now is Josh Allen. I think uh, a lot of people had Russell Wilson there. I had Josh Allen there before Russell Wilson slid. I think Josh Allen is playing out of his mind. He's a guy that people have talked about. Like, he can't be a real thrower. It's mostly just the running and, uh, you know, whatever system they have. But they put the ball in his hands, and he's delivered this year. Like, there are games that they've won in the last few weeks where they're passing 80% of the time. This isn't even just, he you know, pick and choose the spot. It is entirely Josh Allen carrying a team that the, the rush, uh, you know, the running game is not really working, and their rush defense has been horrendous. So they've been in a lot of games where, Josh Allen needs to step up, make plays, and you know even the losses. They just lost this last week to the Cardinals. We all saw that awesome play, Kyler Murray throwing it to Yonder Hopkins. Before that happened, Josh Allen had to do the exact same thing going down the other way to get them back into the lead. He's been playing out of his mind. I have him at three, and then four is the aforementioned Kyler Murray. He might be able to wrestle that spot away from Josh Allen at three if he's able to take down Russell Wilson once again tonight. Uh, and then number five, that's where Russell Wilson slid a bit. Like I. I I still think it's uh, blasphemous that he hasn't gotten an MVP vote not once in his career, but it's going to be hard this year when there's uh, you know four other quarterbacks in front of you, not to mention every year we could say, oh, let's not give it to quarterback who's the next best player. It's always Aaron Donald because he's the best defensive tackle uh, by such a wide margin. But uh, right now, that's my top five list. And then, yeah, it's always just Aaron Donald at six just for shits and giggles.
1: That's fine. My list is pretty similar. I'd maybe... But Aaron Donald ahead of Russell Wilson. I don't know. I I just I feel like uh, every year around this time, Russell Wilson is usually in the conversation or high up in the conversation or leading the conversation for you know for MVP and then just something happens in the last, you know, four to six weeks that just doesn't even put him in the conversation. Um are these your 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 like mid season right now or your what you your assumed right final here. projections?
0: Okay. Yeah, this is ranking. If I was doing like final picks, oh man, I'd probably I mean, just go with Mahomes because I feel like Mahomes
1: that, yeah. I, mean, they, I, like, I
0: feel it's... like he's the most likely to not have something slip. Like, you got to win your division. You need to be 12 to 14 wins, you know? I feel like the yep. Chiefs can get there and it'd be the, 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 the safest bet while Mahomes continues at the stats where they're at, where Rodgers could still play as well as he's been playing, but they could start losing games and slide down same thing for all the other teams there's a, it's really tough to project uh you got afc that has like i don't know seven six and three teams you got the nfc that packers are seven and three at the top and like but you know who knows who's actually going to make it out of that group uh so it's really tough and the seahawks with the way they've slid if if they don't get it together tonight against the cardinals uh russell wilson's gonna be nowhere close to getting an mvp vote because he'll have out of this world stats but this is going to be a team that's you know maybe ten and six if, uh, if they keep playing the way they've been playing.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a huge believer in Kyler Murray this year too. I mean, it's not a that's not a controversial statement, but um, man, he is he's just I, I I could see him being in that you know conversation of of top two top three by the end of the year. Um, you know, I I think that that's if I'm gonna if I were to predict, um, you know, who the top three will be you know, come the end of the season, I I do think it'll be Mahomes, Murray, and probably Rodgers. Um, you know, and, and I think that just shows how good Aaron Rodgers is. Like you said, he keeps losing skill players but keeps winning. Um, and then also, you know, on the flip side, you look at Mahomes and who he's, you know, had to start with aside from I mean he's he's got Hill and Kelsey, um, and then a rookie running back who is good but is still a rookie running back. So uh, you know, kind of looking at what uh, Rogers has to go off of, what what Mahomes has to go off of. You know, it's it's similar, um, but I I just think I wouldn't
0: that... I wouldn't agree. I think you got Tyreek Hill, who's always a weapon, who even when he's not putting up the numbers that he would in previous years, he's still having big plays. Uh, he you have to account for him every single play that changes how you know. defense. And Travis Kelsey is having one of the best seasons ever by a tight end, so when you, you put those two together, and that's not to mention, even if, like, okay, Watkins goes down, but you have Nicole Hardman. You got Byron Pringle jumping in. They have these guys who have already been put in place who have such speed that for right, days, it doesn't matter who's in. And then you add the, Le'Veon the Byron, Bell just as, like,
1: Byron Pringles fine. of Green Bay, you know, like, looking, that's what I'm saying is, is beyond, you know, Devontae Adams. Um, I mean, you have uh, Lazard, who's been hurt, who I think comes back this week. Um, and then Valdez Scanling, who has been solid. You know, you look at the the players that Rodgers has had to play with in lieu of those those weapons, I feel like those players are at a higher level than if you know, God forbid Kelsey or Hill go down with an injury. But I it, you know that that's when you see how good is that quarterback in lieu of that talent. Luckily we haven't had to see that with Mahomes.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we got Thaddeus jumping on with, uh, do you not think Brady will get a vote? He'll probably get a vote, but that person will be wrong. So, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't know. It it looked like it for a second, right? It looked like maybe he was going to play out of his mind, but also, I mean, he does have one of the greatest uh, skill player groupings ever assembled. And half the time he's blowing out crappy teams. The other half of the time he's getting blown out. So, Uh, Until I see them be consistent down the stretch, no, I wouldn't even consider Tom Brady for being close. There are way too many quarterbacks who are outperforming Tom Brady right now for me to think about.
1: That's I feel like that's Brady though. I feel like that's where he's you know where he has always entered the the MVP conversation is you know middle of November. You know I I feel like it's one of those down. He's one of those players that, and I'm not saying that he's dog shit (laughs) in October. I'm just saying that in that final stretch of the season brady historically is always a contender for mvp
0: i think a lot of it with brady though what you're describing he's still up there people still put him in the group it's just as you start to weed away the criteria we mentioned earlier where you need to win your division you need to do this the patriots do that every year so as you get rid of the rest of the crowd tom brady often sticks out as yeah he's up there but when you're just comparing what these guys are doing brady has not he was not there this year even with all these guys around him i think for a minute like you somebody might have made the argument but i think they were still wrong and then last year i mean it was it was because the patriots didn't have anybody there but uh you know there, there just wasn't there was nothing close to what would be an mvp caliber performance from tom brady it's been a little while since tom brady has played out of his mind it was probably back what 20 2017 2018 so it's yeah. been a bit. I I I'm not ready for. It. And then, how do you feel about Cam? Are we are we still talking about Cam in relation <laughs> no. to like MVP? What what is it? Like I, I felt like I think uh, I think that's
1: a separate conversation. I think that's just in general because there's no way that we'd be talking about him as as one of our yeah. you know top five I, I, MVP MVP runners.
0: Um, <laughs> he's had some good games. He's also had some dog shit games. That's where Cam Newton is right now. And yeah. right now, the most important player on the Patriots offense is Damien Harris at running back. Can they start to work in a way that lets uh, Cam Newton uh, accentuate that, you know, we, we saw what Cam Newton can do as a runner. If you start to do some more plays that involve him using uh, his legs, that could work. But also he keeps getting banged up. So you, you you have to gauge whether it's worth protecting him or worth doing more running plays that can get your offense going. Obviously, right. uh, you know, it worked out great uh, facing uh, the Panthers. I'm sorry if it hurts, Daddy. It's the, the truth hurts sometimes. <laughs> but my, my, my point is, like... It, it, they got him for like a million dollars. So he's played more than that would be. Yep. And we saw what Jared Stidham did. Uh, He's like Nathan Peterman, like 6.0, like he, he threw like seven interceptions and like 28 passes in attempts. So mm-hmm. uh it didn't make sense to ever think Jared Stidham would be the starter. Cam Newton was a great savvy move by uh, the Patriots, but uh that would have been a better move if the Patriots still had all the defenders that they had. I know they did perfectly fine shutting down uh, the Ravens Uh, passing attack when they're out there in uh, the the terrible weather conditions that clearly bill Belichick contrived to help them win that game uh, against the Ravens. But otherwise that defense is not the same defense. There are too many people that sat out because of COVID. And if you had those, if you had the defense playing the way it did last year, you, you could convince me that the Patriots offense is better off with Cam Newton knowing what his limitations are than they were last year with Tom Brady, who had nobody to throw it to. And, you know he has no wheels. He can't get out of trouble, and he was in trouble a lot last year. Cam Newton is still in trouble uh, a lot this year for the Patriots. But you get that running game going, they can steal some games. The question was, do they want to? But after they couldn't find a way to lose against the Jets, and now they still one against the Ravens, they're not getting Trevor Lawrence. So you might as well win six games and draft a middle linebacker in the middle of the first round. Seems fine. Uh, I think they should have just tanked. I think the moment that they 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 lost many games early, they should have they should just gave up. But you know, eh, Patriots. They'll 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 just keep pissing off yeah. fan bases. They could they couldn't give that one to the Ravens. They had to take it away. So that was that was fun to watch. All right. So we we have just went randomly. Thaddeus took us off track. My plan was to get us out of here in an hour, but we haven't even started uh, the sports bets before that happened. We'll start with uh, we'll go with the homer picks, or I guess let's start with Thursday night football, and then we'll go homer pick. Uh, I'm trying to scroll down and see. They always hide this on ESPN. It's not very good at telling me when games are. Uh, so Cardinals, yeah, go to full scoreboard. Yeah, it's not showing up. But Cardinals, Seahawks, I think it was minus three when I was looking earlier. Um, yep, that's still what we have on there. So who do you got in this game with that line? Ethan? Uh,
1: Cardinals. I got, that's I got fair. And, and, yeah, I don't know. I, I would have even – I don't know. To me, it doesn't even I... – I go back and forth because their last game went to overtime, correct? Or was it finished right at the end of regulation? It was the end of
0: regulation. So they scored. Was the... It was the very
1: end of regulation? Okay. Um, I so so just remember it ending on a field goal. Um,
0: might have been I overtime. Know. I don't
1: remember. I, I, I don't. For some reason, I, I don't even expect it to be that close. I kind of feel like this might be the game that you see the Seahawks start to unravel.
0: Yeah, that is going Seahawks. That's good. I'm going to go Cardinals then just to. just to be contradicted to Thaddeus Uh, I I think we also we want to throw in an extra bet Uh, I believe once again I had it out I think it was 57 is the the over under Uh, what are you taking for this game Uh, you you expect Cardinals to get a Um, solid victory but do you expect this to be another high scoring affair is that 57 57 over yeah I'm gonna go over as well Uh, next up like I said we'll go uh, Homer Picks here uh, Chiefs versus the Raiders, obviously only bad game that the, the Chiefs had uh, this year was against the Raiders, and I, I still looking at it. I know the Raiders have played well. I know they're 6-3, and three, so it's not so much of uh, how did a bad team surprise them, but how did you know they just play as bad as they did even against the Raiders. Uh, I yeah. feel like it was Henry Ruggs just tricked them. There was one game that they, they yeah. thought, he's not good enough, it's not going to work, and it was the only game Henry Ruggs has shelled out the way that he did. So uh, I think it was a little bit fluky. Uh, We'll see what this one does. I think it'll be a a closer matchup. And, you know, there's one thing we talked about. Patrick Mahomes kind of sleeping through this. Uh, He's not going to sleep through a revenge game that he gets to go into Las Vegas and uh, show up Derek Carr. So I imagine some fireworks in this one. uh, I think minus eight is uh, the line. I'm going to have to get glasses at some point in time. It's a tough line, particularly with the Raiders having won the first one. I'm willing to take it. I'm willing to go uh, Chiefs with the minus eight. Yeah, Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's 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 one of the situations where like the last thing you want to do is put a chip on Patrick Mahomes' shoulder, um, and, or give him a reason to to you know go a little extra hard or harder than normal. Uh, I I think that once he's in that that mindset, you're 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 shit out of luck. Patrick Mahomes is gonna is gonna take this game and do what he wants with it
0: that'd be my guess but you know like I said it, it, for me I, I've tried to watch a little bit more of the Raiders and figure out how much of this you know it's like did, did things just align if things just kind of worked out for them mm-hmm. but they seem like they're, they're pretty close to that six and three mark it's hard to tell whether they're a true contender but uh you know Derek Carr is playing a lot better than he's played in years so uh you know I, I think part of it is just getting the right uh pieces around him part of it's uh Josh Jacobs Playing out of his mind and then they even have Devonte Booker there as the change of pace back who is delivering as well. So, uh they're yep. putting together a really good offense and their defense is is played good enough through this part of the season. I just don't think they did a great job of stopping Patrick Mahomes in the second half. I I don't see them stopping him at, at any point in this game. Uh yep. I, I agree that this one I'm expecting a bloodbath and I won't even hold it against the Raiders if the Chiefs end up beating them by like 21 because it's like <laughs> this is just what happens. Yep. Uh Eagles Browns Browns are minus 3.
1: God, pretty sure my grandma told me to never gamble on the Cleveland Browns, so
0: well, if your grandmother was talking <laughs> with you today, she'd let you know that change that to never gamble on the n f c least uh I'm taking Browns like there'll yeah. be a lot of points for me to ever think the Eagles are sticking in it yeah
1: i am probably I'm probably gonna go with you on that i just i have just learned to not trust Cleveland um on anything uh Football related, maybe I don't know. I don't really have much of an opinion on the city outside of football, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, the Miz, they brought us the Miz, that's the only other thing I know about Cleveland,
0: yeah. And so, not, not good enough to make up for the problems in Cleveland. <laughs> uh, we got Saints Falcons, this is an interesting one. So, you got Drew Brees injured. Uh, we're gonna have Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill play rock, paper, scissors to figure out who gets to start this one for him. Minus five for the Saints, even without Drew Brees in there. Uh, Who do you got in this one?
1: Oh, God. The Falcons know how to lose
0: football games,
1: um, but I'm still going to probably go with the Falcons. It's
0: at five. This is a tough one because I can see without your quarterback. But with how well the Saints have played, the fact that uh, I I think Drew Brees is, uh, you know, just – Slice and dice, but is not taking any passes down the field. Uh, we, we talked about this on the last podcast where James Winston's going to bring you that big play threat. And although over the course of a season, it's probably going to lose you a lot of games by throwing too many interceptions at the wrong time. That is the show sucks. Come on, man. Uh, I'm going to, I'm I'm, I'm going I'm to end up taking <laughs> the, the saints on this one. I think they will, uh, especially for this first game, be able to, to come through and, and deliver. And I can't trust the Falcons to ever do anything right. So, uh, Next up, we got Washington minus 1.5 against Cincinnati Bengals. Ethan, who do you got?
1: Uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Washington on that one.
0: I think Alex Smith back in there. Uh, yeah. it, it's tough because you got two teams that don't win a lot, and Joe Burrow has played – pretty good stuck the Bengals in games that they shouldn't have been in. Uh, I, I, I think at this point, I, I I would go with Alex Smith just cause I want to see him do well. And I also, I picked mm-hmm. him up to be my fantasy football quarterback in a week where Josh <laughs> Allen's on a buy. Uh, but I, I, it's tough for me. Cause I, I could see this being where Bengals, you know, finally that Joe Burrow talk is like, all right, this is when we get the win. You know, it's another bad team and we're better than that. We're putting it together more than that. Even if, they still can't really compete against real contenders. But on this one, I'm just gonna I'm gonna have to rest on Al Smith hoping he puts up a big fantasy day. I'm gonna go, go watch
1: Just to catch up on this, Thaddeus was not saying that our show sucks. He was saying that Ms. and Mrs. sucks. So oh, just a well just that's clear, fair. Yeah,
0: that's fair.
1: Plenty of- I thought
0: you meant this podcast because that's rude. I say in the Ms. <laughs> show sucks, that's just accurate. That's watching. Reality sure, yeah, uh, TV,
1: it's gonna only be so good.
0: All right, so we got no line on Lions Panthers and I haven't Paid attention to figure out who's on the COVID list to make that happen. Uh, mm. We got Steelers minus 10 on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, That's a really long pause. Said 10? I don't. Know. 10. I mean, they are the Jaguars, and the Steelers have beat everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Steelers.
0: I'm gonna go Jaguars. The Steelers are just squeaked out, even against the bad teams. They play down to I bad teams. This. They're beat whether they face good teams or bad teams. They win by three. So right now, yep. I'm gonna go Jaguars, and it'll be 100 percent wrong. This will be the game that they just smoke them. But well, and I, yeah, that's, I don't think go with. The Steel,
1: Steelers first loss isn't gonna be against like a contend, like a like a playoff contender. It's gonna be against some like middle of the road fucking team. That's just how it always goes.
0: Yeah, and so and that's the thing is like. I've heard that, and it's like, all right, Jaguars might be a good pick. Just start betting on these bad teams because, yeah, the Steelers will keep beating good teams, but one, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one bad team will come in ready to go. Steelers won't be ready, and they'll sneak out of victory. That's probably true, but uh, somehow I don't think it's the Jaguars. Uh, Ravens, Titans, uh, Ravens minus five and a half. Mm, I'll go Ravens. Ravens had a tough time uh, until I see them get back to uh, just beating good teams, uh, you know, uh, handedly. I think the Titans aren't great, but uh, they're still a good team. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Titans on this. I need the the Ravens to prove that they can uh, beat the points. Uh, We got Patriots, Texans, uh, Patriots minus two. I'm going to go Texans. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Patriots. I mean, the, the, to make up for the Cam Newton slander that upset Thaddeus earlier, uh, I do think with uh, seeing what the Patriots did against the Ravens, whether it's fluky, whether it's in the weather, you know, whatever the thing is, uh, the fact that they found a a, a rhythm uh, that's much better than anything the Texans are doing right now. The Texans lost ten to seven against the, the the Browns last week. It was just, they couldn't get the ball in the end zone. Patriots, not a great. Uh, uh, defense but uh that running game uh not quite the same i I don't think there's gonna be 200 yard rushers for the patriots uh like the browns had with cream hunt and nick chubb but Mm. this texans defense isn't stopping the run and that's exactly what the patriots did well to beat the ravens i expect them to run it back this week and be able to get a pretty solid victory over the texans Uh, now we have a dolphins team minus three and a half two a time my favorite part of the podcast uh, going up against the Broncos, uh, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm taking the Dolphins because the Broncos are off.
1: Yeah, I'm also taking the Dolphins. I uh, I'm I'm enjoying two a time, I but also I, I, I do too. But I I still uh, to feel like it's what? Time? I think Fitz Magic got robbed again. Um, you know it's, that, it's you
0: know it sucks for him, but also he deserved it. That was that was the to- best money ball pick <laughs> I've ever seen knowing exactly when to pull Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like you get all the Fitz magic in the moment. Like they they had it like a, 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 it was like your alarm that wakes you up in the morning. It was the alarm one morning that coach wakes up. He's like, pull Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now we, we've got it. We got a science down to the exact moment you pull him. And when you got Tua back there, that that makes perfect sense. Throw him in. And you got none of the losses that come with Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick when, everything goes to shit for him. And instead you just got the wins. You got two a time to learn the offense, be ready to go. And they didn't miss a beat. I think they might make the playoffs like that. It's, yeah. it's crazy to me. The I, dolphins uh... are in the position that they're in and they're six and three going up against the Broncos team that I don't trust uh, to do anything. So I'm, yeah. uh, I think yeah. it's easy for me to pick the Dolphins. Yeah,
1: that's an easy one. I, I, I did hear a rumor that Ryan Fitzpatrick is just at the facility uh, standing in the shower and he's just been there since they benched him um standing <laughs> under running water in his full uniform for the last three weeks so uh if anyone out there uh you know is a personal contact or anything, have
0: med check on them i loved his like response afterwards where he's just like he's old enough he's he's wise enough he's dealt with all this <laughs> and he's just like yeah never had that happen before mike yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty great that they've asked me to come yeah. in and uh, teach the guy who they they fired me and they they want me to come in every day and work with the guy that replaced me love it and uh yeah. cool. he, he just I like, guess no I'll, calm I'll probably away. be probably be playing
1: quarterback for like the fucking Broncos next year or something
0: I'll like... <laughs> oh, take over yeah. for Kirk Cousins once that goes to hell so uh we, yeah. we 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 have uh Chargers Jets and Chargers are minus nine and a half this is a tough one because Chargers are also a team that have uh, kept in the fight against everybody but even against a bad team do we expect J- the justin herbert show to get them a a 10 point victory it is against the jets though it's against the
1: jets and i've, I've been trusting herbert this year uh, yeah uh i mean i've 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 had him running two fantasy teams that he's the star of because my fantasy teams are garbage um <laughs> but yeah i think uh I yeah, I'm gonna go with Chargers on this. And you know what's funny is like I realized all these years I thought I hated the Chargers. I hated the Chargers so much.
0: You hated Philip Rivers.
1: To, I just hated Phillip Rivers. I still do. Fuck the Colts.
0: I feel you. Uh, I, I noticed that I noticed man. that too. That was the exact mo like it was just like <laughs> these funny. guys are awful. It, it was like I, I no decided to change will our towards bit. the
1: Chargers all of a sudden.
0: We we had a we had a running bit where uh me and my NFL show co host uh Bobby G, we'd always like start the podcast with. Are the Chargers for real? And I realized this year I'm like, we're gonna have to change it because it had nothing to do with the Chargers. It was Philip Rivers. So now our bid is gonna be, are the Colts uh, for real? And sure enough, it's held up. Like that's literally been the Colts all year. Phillip Every Rivers time they and his
1: <laughs> tantrums and his dumb face and his nine kids.
0: Every time they try to make it look like they can do something, they 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 shit the bed the next week. That is just the 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 the, the cycle of Philip Rivers. And then the, yeah. yeah, you get stupid graphics like. He has nine kids versus zero for Aaron Rodgers and zero for, you know, it's like what yeah. stupid graphic is that? He, like, why uh, would that I, matter to us? And didn't he he just
1: passed to was it? He just passed Marino in all-time yards. And it doesn't make me respect Philip Rivers anymore. It just makes me respect Dan Marino less.
0: That's not, not fair. It just reminds me of how good Dan Marino is. Like, you see all these stats, and like anything where Dan Marino is close to the modern guys, just remember that nobody was doing that back then like he's putting up patrick mahomes stats and he did it in a league that didn't allow it like dan marino a a beast and i won't hear any differently he's everybody (laughs) who he played with anybody that you had higher on the list that played in the same era throw them down i don't care how many super bowls they won dan marino was better uh so i think we had two games left we got cowboys vikings uh vikings are minus seven this is Do I have to take the Vikings minus seven? This Vikings, is awful.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cowboys. Yeah. Cowboys. I'm going to go Cowboys. Go since, Cowboys. Uh, since Dak's ankle exploded. The, the, you're going Cowboys? Wait, did Andy Dalton come off the COVID list? Never mind. I'm going Vikings. I, he, I trust Garrett yeah, I Gilbert more than it. I trust Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> if, that, that, that's where we'll split. If it's Garrett Garrett Gilbert, if he takes the first snap, if he's the starter, I'll go Cowboys. If it's Andy Dalton, give me the Vikings. I know Vegas doesn't do those types of bets, <laughs> but that's where I'm at. Rams no, that's actually,
1: easy. I have, uh, <laughs> I've, I've done that. I mean, I've just done like a bar bet before when Andy Dalton was quarterback. It was a couple of years ago. And it's anytime Andy, is cool. Andy Dalton's about to lose his fucking game. I'll bet you five bucks. Like I, it's, I, he is also somebody who cost me a fantasy football season several years ago. And I am holding a grudge, but that grudge has been upheld by Andy Dalton's awful, awful play.
0: All right, Thaddeus says never go Cowboys. Well, here's the thing, Thaddeus, with bets, once everybody decides that and goes to one <laughs> side, that's the perfect time to bet them because they push the line far enough to give me awesome odds. Like, there's a tip. This is too many points. We're all about sports betting. I'm going to help you make some money, Thaddeus. Uh, don't blame me when you lose the bet, though. Uh, Rams, Buccaneers, we got Buccaneers minus four. Is
1: it, where is the game?
0: This is in Tampa. Buccaneers, Give me the Rams. I think they are completely uh underrated at this point in time. They are playing great. They've had a very tough schedule and still come out six and three Buccaneers, like we said, there are some good wins on there. Uh, you know they've blown out a lot of teams, but the only real good win was that blowout against the Packers. otherwise, they have had tough time against the actual good teams in the league. Uh, it's hit or miss with them, and the Rams are the perfect team that you know uh, can they replicate what they did last week after seeing Jalen uh, Ramsey actually shut down DK Metcalf? Uh, I'm willing to think the Rams have what it takes uh, to go out there and get Tom Brady. And what does Tom Brady love? Clean pocket. You know what you never get? A clean pocket when you face Aaron Donald. Like, doesn't happen. So I'm going to go Rams on this one. Okay. That's all I have. That's, that's all of the things. Is there any other NFL stuff, anything that uh, stands out to you before we finish this on up and make Thaddeus sad when we have to say bye?
1: Uh, not really. Why didn't we just have him on the show? I mean, he's
0: was... I thought about it. I it was so tough. He kept sending messages, so I was trying to respond to those. And then I was trying to get somebody else on that at last minute said, you know, they'd, they'd be willing to come on a future show, but uh, just you know, d- wasn't in a position to record right now. So there's just so many things going on, but we will definitely bring in Thaddeus next time because I'd rather have the stream of him saying the things to me than me have to follow along on the comments because this is tough, guys. I don't know how these live streamers do it all the time. Like, I can't, I can't keep up. I don't, I don't know what's going on anymore. I'm trying to look at my stats over here on one computer. I got comments in front of me. Uh, I got a phone in my hand. I'm texting people to try to put them on the show. There's just too much going on. And I need a producer. I need an intern. So uh, if, you, if you guys know anybody who doesn't like to make money. I can, money, I can walk intern.
1: that back immediately. Producer, intern.
0: <laughs> I mean, they're a producer. who a doesn't get paid.
1: producer. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, I'm, I clearly don't have the money for that uh (laughs) so thaddeus is perfectly fine with just yelling things at us that i love how he knows his perfect role is just being the mob he doesn't want to be in on this just wants to yell at us it's actually
1: true that's that's (laughs) yeah he's really good at it it's pretty smart Uh, yeah i remember i think it was actually the first time you and i met and we decided that uh, i was going to join your wrestling podcast was thaddeus just asking us wrestling questions for like six hours straight and just yeah. letting us go off the rails for, for, for on these tangents. And it was like, okay, yep. I think this is uh, this is going to work out
0: being rails. What? So the point <laughs> is that's the end of this podcast before I get fired from some jobs that actually pay me money. That's all we have for too many points <laughs> on this. Tell me more podcast later folks.